following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Mike, you've been in the stadium a couple of times since you've won the Super Bowl. Nate. Sorry about that, Coach. You guys have been in the, you've been in the stadium a couple of times since you won the Super Bowl to go there this weekend as the Cowboys. That is our man, Nate Newton, busting into the press room All right. a couple of days ago for the Coach McCoy. What's up, you mutts? <laughs> for those of you that missed it, Coach McCarthy does his press conference before practice uh, during training camp every morning about, oh, what, about 7 o'clock? And, yeah, from about uh, 7 pre- to about 7.45, yeah. And the press is in a room, and they, they're on a conference call, and they're able to ask Coach questions. And I guess, Nate, you showed up a little bit after the call started, and, and what happened? What, what, what happened was two weeks ago when I was at practice, you know, we all – I finally got in. You know, I've been begging to get to a practice. So I finally get in, and everybody, we greeting everybody, and we talking. It's around about 10 minutes to 8, and it's over. The press was over. So – I'm a week later, I'm going in again. I'm like, I'm going to bust them. I'm going to sneak in here, and I'm going to go, you know, because that's what I normally do when I meet the media out in Oxnard. I, what's up, you mother? And I went in there, and Todd Archer, all he got jumped out of their skin. Then Todd recovered and said, excuse me, coach. And somebody said, oh, they go Nate again. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't. You know, you got these 800, you got these 800 mics around this little box where coach is speaking through the speaker. And, uh, and I said to myself, and then I find, somebody texted me something of a picture of Coach McCarthy, like, eyes exploding. And now Rich Dalrymple, the other night, we doing the, we doing the scrimmage right, Rich Dalrymple went in and say, I could understand when you was 29 and I was getting on you. But you're 58 and I got to get on you again. <laughs> and we just bust out laughing. He said, same Nate. He said, I love you, Nate. And, uh, and uh, he said, thanks to you, we're now we're going to uh, Coach McCarthy asked that he would like to see the people that um, uh, that he's talking to. So now they're going to try to set up a situation so everybody will be in one room and Coach McCarthy I'm saying, come on, coach. You can't be scared. That air attack you got bombing folks. You can't be scared what's about to bomb you and blitz you. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, perfect well, you, well, that's you, perfect introduction. Perfect introduction, yes. Nate. You, yeah. You coach, I went down and meet him laugh. straight up. I'm a hugging. When I meet him straight up, I'm just going to walk up and hug him. What's up, coach? He probably punched me, but it's okay. I <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, he was trying to hold it together. And try, first, he was trying to figure out, like, what the hell is going on? And then, and then right. he figured it out, and he started kind of grinning. And he was like, okay, so welcome welcome to uh, welcome to Dallas. This is Nate Newton, host of Hanging with yes, the Yes, sir. The boys. <laughs> uh, yeah. How you guys doing today? Y'all good? Good. Good, man. Good, good. yeah. Yeah, we got to wow. we got to watch a little uh, a little practice last night, or did we actually? We did. Is that what we did? Yeah. Is that what we What you? What were you <laughs> watching on TV? What <laughs> I saw, I didn't get to see much. Uh, <laughs> I got to see. Oh, they did that perfect. They did that perfect. Uh, I was wondering how they was gonna pull that off because uh, yeah. they came up. You know, Scott and all those guys came up into the booth and said, "Let me let's give you the rules." Rule number one is. We will not talk about anybody that's drafted after the third round will not be mentioned. We say, what? Wow. He said, yeah. Mm. Anybody that's a new guy that's a rookie will not be mentioned. I said, oh, that's free agent. I said, okay. He said, we will not talk any formations. All right. And he said, there will not be any numbers on the jerseys. And he said, on top of that, we will just show a bunch of pictures of people. And we said, okay, and we say, and I just told him, I said, thank you for the free money because I don't have to do it, but just say, hey, who is that guy? And who is that guy? Because besides the big dogs, the Ezekiels, the, the, the Dax, uh, the Amaris, who do you know? 
it's like four or five guys had the same body built. So yeah. I, I think Bill did a nice job last night, him and Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin did it right. He walked right in and just started talking about, thank you, Jerry, for football. I'm like, oh, that's about the best we're going to get. So that's the only person you can call out. He did a good wow. job. Nate, Nate, wow. got some, yeah, Nate got some airtime last night. Yeah. It's good to he see our, a nice job. everybody up there. I was kind of mad, yeah. man, because I had the rest of them guys. I'm like, Nick and all of them. Like, Come on, man, y'all need to show them. Show me and Mike. You know, because, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, hey, Jesse, you know what? They, I'm a part of the 60 guys that uh, I got rated one of them 60 guys, best Dallas Cowboys ever. You know that, right, Jesse? Oh, I, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, and if I, if I ain't in the top two, I told them I don't, even wanna, I don't want nothing to do with it. And they hey, said, Nate. Well, I guess we'll be taking you off the list. <laughs> Nate, you, you, yeah. you, know who put, you know who put that list together, right? No, no, I don't. Who, who put it together? The guy that's on right. this call with us. The guy that's on this video conference wrote a book about it. This, so if you got this any, dude right here. Oh, man, not Kurt. Kurt, explain to us how this came about. Well, I didn't his come up with the entire list. Is, we had a, his email we had a is panel Kurt of 14 people. At, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to say that. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it was a panel. panel of about 14 of us that came up with this list. But, yeah, Nate, you're, you're featured in there. A few photos of you in there. I'm gonna tell you something, Jeff. I'm gonna tell you something, and, and I and I believe this with all my heart, cause y'all know I'm a homer. If I'm one of the top sixty Cowboys, I should at least, by the time I die, be on the senior ballot for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> 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 That's one of the greatest football players ever. I'll be dead, but shoot, my son, my kid, my baby boy, King, will be like, yeah, my daddy was great. He used to whoop me all the time when I did something wrong. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's talk about that later, Kurt. We'll talk about that in a later segment. The 60th uh, sure. all-time 60 Cowboy Countdown starts today on our social media and our website, um, and then it culminates on – a hour-long show on the NFL Network on Sunday that's going to unveil the top ten. So we'll we'll unveil ten at a time on social and digital media starting today. So we'll have uh, sixty through what sixty through fifty-one today, and then fifty um, through forty-one. Uh, 50, is that right? Fifty through forty. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. and then we just count down Monday Monday through Friday. Take a break on Saturday because the team will make final cuts on Saturday, and then Sunday we'll count down in real time on the on the uh, with the show. So let's talk about that later in a segment. But let's talk about the little bit of practice we did get to see. And Nate referred to it earlier. Scott Purcell gave him kind of the ground rules. Yes. And we had been planning this Cowboys night for for weeks and months and this was you know this was going to take the place of the the normal blue white scrimmage that we have at training camp but with the the circumstances not being able to have fans around things like that and and with the new coach they were going to really turn this into more of a a practice that you know was going to be open to the fans and then you know with, with COVID going on it's things changed and then you know this was something we were going to broadcast and put on our our social and digital channels and then Coach McCarthy, he alluded to it in his press conference after after the practice last night. Like, this is a year unlike any other year. And normally, like, this last night was terrible for our jobs. Like, it was just awful. From, from Nate trying to broadcast it, from us trying to cover the team, us talking about it today, us covering it on social media. There were no numbers on the jerseys. For the fans, it was just a bad experience. But with you having a new head coach that has new players – that's running new schemes, that there is no preseason for the first time, you know, since I've been watching football, there's no preseason games. So you combine those two, and there's a real advantage here where there's going to be some guys they're going to try to sneak through after final cuts and get back on this practice squad. There's going to be some guys that they don't want to tip their hand that – you know, who they are or, or the talent level they have because he alluded to it at the press conference. They, all the teams are out there watching social media channels. They're watching websites. They're watching they're watching teams' content that they're putting out to try to get an advantage and try to see what other teams are doing just because you can't there, – there's no information out there. So from a, 
From a head coach and a strategy perspective, I think it was a genius move. Now, from a fan perspective and working in the media, it was awful for us. But, hey, if it if it helps us win a championship, okay. What, what were your guys' thoughts on, on how it went down last night? Let, let, me, let me say this, and I'll tell a quick story, man. And I know I'm kind of, you know, acting like Jesse today and talking a lot. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> why you come out gunning for me, man? The show just yes, I love you. you know yes, I love you. I love you. I love you. You already shoot slugs at me. I love you, Jess. He's afraid you're going to leave the show because it's been like eight minutes. We're 11 minutes in and you haven't said more than one sentence. He's afraid you're going to leave and get your feelings hurt. Hey, no, but let me tell you a quick story. And I, and I forgot this story because it's so true. <laughs> Uh, first of all, go back to the 1920s, 1920s when football was first being played in the first championship. Bill Jones looked this up last night. No numbers on the jerseys. It was some type of Monarchs team. Uh, go back and look that up, Kurt, and you'll see where it was no numbers on the jerseys. But anyway, quick story. You know, Richard Allen reminded me of this last night. When we played the first Super Bowl, and we was playing the Buffalo Bills. They came on TV. They was interviewing one of the guys doing right before practice. And Coach Johnson was looking at it. And he looked behind the guy and saw that they was working a shovel pass with that, I can't think of the great running back at Thurman, Thurman Thomas. Thomas. They, they was working a shovel pass, so he called Butch Davis. Hey, Butch, uh, y'all been, have you looked at any film where they ran a shovel pass to Thurman Thomas? And he said, no. He said, well, get ready. We're going we gonna to take a shot because they – are running a shovel pass to Thurman Thomas. Well, go back and look at the films because they got it in there. When Leon Lett read it, blew it up, James Washington took it to the end zone, and that turned our game around. So, wow, that that thing is that thing is for real. And that and Jesse, you know, in New England, how tight lipped if you go against what Belichick is saying, how tight lipped he is about his security. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that, you're talking about Super Bowl preparation, right? Yes, that, sir. That's at the end of the year. And so by that time, if, if, if he came out and said, if we were, trust me, if we were in Tampa Bay right now uh-huh. and they were getting ready for the Super Bowl and Mike McCarthy was saying no video, no anything, no nothing, I get it, I understand it. Um but if you're telling me that the same stuff that we've been running in the past with Kellen Moore and other formations and stuff like that is kind of what we're bringing into this season. Now, I know that you don't want to show all of it now. You may have some wrinkles. I just think, you know, listen, who, who am I? Who, who am I? Here's the one thing that I took from, from, I guess, the whole thing last night. We're seeing at least, at least early on, at least early on, that Mike McCarthy has been able to come in and do things his way. And Jerry has given him, given him the, the leeway and the rope to do things the way that he wants to do it. Because I remember there was a time when I was playing with the Cowboys when that blue-white scrimmage or practice, whatever you want to call it, it was a spectacle. Blew my mind. I mean, we would come out there for practice and there would be timeouts and the cheerleaders would come out and perform. In the middle of practice, fans would be there and they would sell concessions. I mean, it was a spectacle. And that's always been the thing for Jerry. He wants to put on a spectacle. He wants to put on a performance for the fans, for the media, for the people that are here and away. And this is the first time since I've been since I've been a part of the Cowboys and been covering the Cowboys where this opportunity has not been, quote unquote, a spectacle or almost a game-like situation where you have all of the hoopla that we see on on game day and so that tells me that if this is the way mike mccarthy wanted it run jerry had to okay it and and maybe that's an early indication that now this we all know when it comes to jerry if we have success he'll continue along that path but if we begin not to have success he's going to take the reins back and say okay we tried it your way, it didn't work. Now we'll go back to trying it my way. But at least, at least initially, early on, you're seeing glimpses here and there. No numbers on the jersey, red practice jerseys, you know, no, no media, 
can't tweet during practice, can't video during practice. You're seeing all these little things that in the past, Jerry was, was, was opposed to it. He was on the other side of it that he's now allowing Mike McCarthy to come in and run things his way, the way that he wants to do it. I, I hope it renders success. I hope at the end of this all, it, it, is, it is success at the, end of, at the end of this tunnel. Shannon know, and I know, this is a one-year thing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. I, I'm serious. Kurt knows too. So, yeah. He's giving coach this leeway because it is a slight advantage, especially in the first two or three games. It is a slight advantage. But after this year, we've we've been assured as media types uh, that this won't be going that way again because we the president has been set. It's just a, a, a funny year, Jess. I mean, okay. yeah. it's just a funny year because next year, because I've been banging the doors. I, Shannon will tell you every day. Derek will tell you, like, come on, man, for real? You want me to report and give honest views? They want you to report and give honest views to something you can't see or connect with? That's not giving honest views. And Mr. Jones not big. The media is to this team's success exactly. when there's no excess. Success. Eight and eight is not successful. But this team continues to be successful because it is a media magnet. Yeah, yeah. and I think if I mean, it I, wasn't for, I think if it, if it wasn't for no preseason, that it. Thank you. You know, yeah, it would be it would be normal. But because there's not preseason, you haven't seen any of these guys. You haven't seen any formations. You don't know, like like he, like Nate said, don't talk about guys after this round because they don't want to leak it out through the through our channels who's on this team and who's not for who they can keep try to you know go sign as a free agent after they make final cuts. So I I you know what? I I, I don't hate it. And Jesse, I thought I thought you would be on board with it. You sound kind of like you you're not on board with it. I thought you'd be like, <laughs> well, "Hey, freaking Mike's going to win. Let's go." But well, you know what? Again, I, I, if, I, it, if, it, it. if it gives us success, I'm all for it. But as someone who is trying to cover a team, trying to give analysis, trying to give you know, perspective on what's happening when you when you don't have accessibility to it, it it it, it handcuffs you. You you know when you, when you don't get access to those things that that they want you to report on, and you know that Jerry wants us to always be talking about his Cowboys, and then you get restrictions on what you can say, when you can say it, and all that kind of stuff. That just that makes the job even harder to do, and 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 now you're trying to you're trying to you know, piece things together the best that you can, you know, contacting sources, seeing a little thing that you can see, you know, reaching out to some people. Thank goodness we got Nate on the other side. He's able, you know, to, to, to give that player perspective and, and I can take what, I've, what I'm hearing, what I'm yeah. reading, and then piece it up with what Nate is saying and now try to formulate this picture that I'm trying to now give back to the fans from a quote-unquote analyst perspective. I, I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, some of the things I've seen in practice, it makes you want to be like, wow. But but you know better because if you know if you go against what Coach is saying, he's went to the point where, and Mr. Jones have agreed and Steven have agreed that if, if one of you guys cracks something that we don't want out there, we're going to shut down the whole thing. Okay, then that locks all of us out. So as much as we was mad the first day about the other guy, Schefter or whoever, getting it out, we knew that we still weren't going to break the rules. So I, I think, I mean, a lot of this is obviously COVID-related. You, you would, well, a lot of this is COVID-related, obviously. You wouldn't have had, you know, you know. If you, you got a 12,000 seat But on the other arena, right, if you'd had fans. Kurt, come on. You got a right. 12,000 seat arena with five exactly. reporters. Come on, you That's know what, better than that. Yeah, but I, I think that goes back to, I think this is going to, a lot of this could be the new norm. I mean, you're saying McCarthy's getting his, He's getting his way he wanted for one year. I'm not so sure that's true. I think you're still going to see next year coverage is going to be more limited with tweeting during practice, that sort of thing. I, 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 I don't think so because when we sitting in practice, and Shannon will tell you, when you sitting up in the big box, Shannon, watching practice, how many people do you see in that 12,000? I looked at it twice. I'm like, hold on here. And I'm looking over at, 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 at Scott and all these guys. I'm, I'm like, hold on, dog. It's 12,000 seats, and there's 10 people. Come on, man. No, sir. Yeah, I, I know that. There'll be and more media walk, and all that. But and, and say, I bet there'll you, be restrictions still. Yeah, I understand the restrictions, but you can walk people out, from outside right into the arena and space at least 
500 people in there and have ample space amongst, uh, I'm talking about media, just going to see practice. I ain't talking about fans and, and, right. and, and the overload. I'm just talking so, about, yeah, and I understand the first year you want to be extra cautious, but you can't do this year in and year out because the fans will wane. The fans will wane. What's better, what's better for the team? What what you mean? What's better? Uh, talking about from a, a protection standpoint, from a player uh, standpoint, from a from a, from, from a from, strategy from a standpoint, standpoint, from both. I mean, I guess from, what, uh, what's what's better for if if you want to have a winning season, what's better? What I'm saying from a protection standpoint, I understand what you're doing this first year. I understand. I, I agree 100. percent But as time go on, you cannot maintain America's team, the world's team, without no coverage because People will have to put those resources somewhere else. You know, you can't send somebody from D.C. down here to look at the Cowboys when the Cowboys not allowing you. So th- those people are going to go other places. And so the It'll, fans that we, we're a worldwide entity, bro. We like McDonald's. We like Arlie Davidson. <laughs> you want to continue to have that, right? And you can't it, have that cutting off the world. I it'll be it, you can't. It, It'll be interesting once final cuts are made and we get into the season. If they if they loosen up the rules, that'll be the first indicator whether things are going to change. And then two, if they maintain these rules throughout this season and Coach McCarthy has success and you make a playoff run, and then you have these conversations in the off season, that's going to be really interesting. Hey, we did it this way, like you've never done it before. We got to this far in the playoffs. Then you got some decisions to make on, hey, is is winning worth cutting back fan access and exposure and things like that? If we did it, this it's going to be interesting, I think. And it makes you know, like we said, we all said, from our job standpoint, it, it's really difficult and, and and it's tough. But from a a hey, if you, if you go win a championship from a fan's perspective, we'll see. So let's take our first break. When we come back, there's some. Some injuries that are that are interesting that coach doesn't seem to be too worried about. Uh, we'll talk about those. We'll talk about the 60th top 60 players uh, in Cowboys history, and we will talk about C.D. Lamb. Are there enough balls to go around? And so much, so much <laughs> more when we no come balls. back. Enough balls, okay? <laughs> with the boys. Stop it, Nate. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for Tailgating with the Otterbox Boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their Elevation Tumblers? And Otterbox Elevation Tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to hanging with the boys. We are back, 
and I don't have any updated live reads, and I know you guys, I've let you down the last couple of weeks. I said I was going to do something on the show, and just like everything else, I didn't follow through, oh. but I'm going to follow through today Man. with my weekly dad joke. <laughs> Are you ready? Kurt, oh. Kurt, why, yes, sir. why couldn't you hear the psychiatrist pee? I don't know, Shannon. Why couldn't you hear the psychiatrist pee? Because the pee is silent. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Chris, can we go to break again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Back to the show. You did better when you you did better when you was hey you did better when you was closing out talking about if there's enough balls. (laughs) Derek's gonna cancel our show. This is this is it. This is it. Derek's gonna cancel our show. You keep coming with these dad jokes. Derek's gonna cancel our show. Hey, of all the stuff that has happened on this show, like that would that that would be something that would do it. Like we've done the most outrageous stuff. It's gonna be something little that gets us. You watch. It's going to be something <laughs> small that we're like, really? Over that? Oh, That's what's happening? All right. So like yesterday. If, like if Nate didn't have any pants on and stood up or something like that. It'll yeah. just, we'll all get, we'll, we'll all get. <laughs> God, that'd be terrible oh, if that happened, no. wouldn't it? That's that's no. yeah, that would be that might be. <laughs> I have a new I have a new job in a new industry. That's all that'll be. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, they, <laughs> they, they, they'd like be asking for. Grace, baby. Ugliness at its finest. Uh, Xavier Woods left practice yesterday with what appeared to be a uh, a groin injury. That's the speculation. Coach McCarthy didn't seem to be too concerned after practice about it. But, you know, if he's hurt, what does that do for your safety position? Are we in big-time trouble if this is a lingering issue? Or do you guys feel good about the safety position? What are your thoughts? Well, mm-hmm. uh Go ahead on Jess. No, go ahead no, you on got Jess. It. No, 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 no. You got it. No, you got it. Go ahead. You got no, no, it, no, no. Jess. No, no, no. no. I'm, 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 I might get myself in trouble. I'm gone, I'm glad man. You jumped I'm, in. Gone. I'm glad you jumped in. I'm glad you jumped in. Go ahead on Jess. No, go ahead, please. <laughs> I want to hear your opinion. I really no, do. I might, I might get myself in trouble, so please. Y'all please. two need to shut up and one need talk. Woo! <laughs> oh! I can tell you. you know what I like about <laughs> this social distancing is it keeps my hands from around a few guys' necks. <laughs> Hey, hey, but you know what? See, Jess, I know you want to go. I know where you want to go, but I tell you what, man. They got a few guys that they're looking at, you know, at at those safety positions. But if this kid is is truly hurt, then you're going to have to go out and get somebody. And y'all know who's on the street, right? Y'all know who. You know, Michael Irvin said something yesterday. If a guy will make it his business to run down your head coach and to beg to be on your team. And, but, and, and then when it becomes a free agent and, and he's waiting on you to call and you don't call him and he just purposely disrupts the last team that he was on, giving him all his money, why not give that guy a call just to see where things are at? And I'm going to leave it just like that with no name. Jesse? Because the guy that you're speaking about, it sounds desperate. And when you start looking at the history and and so this particular player, he had a bunch of guys looked it looked real, real set up to me. After this particular guy gets released from a team after running a foul, and it mm-hmm. wasn't the coach's decision. You had in-house players, your peers, go to the management and say, we are better without him. We don't vibe with him. He doesn't vibe with us. He's killing our locker room culture. He's killing the way that we're doing things. We don't want him a part of our team. And for then the front office to say, cool, we're going to eat whatever money that we owe him or gave him or whatever and release him. That tells me that this is a guy who's kind of stuck in his waves. He's almost towards the tail end of his career 
And I, I don't think all of a sudden he's going to change his ways if he gets signed to his favorite team. I don't think that's going to change who he is. I, th- I still think he's going to be exactly who we, he said he was. And then he had all, it was kind of almost like timed out, like some sort of media blitz from his people on the inside, you know, your PR people, that he had all his former teammates, not all of them, but a lot of his former teammates in, in, in about a three to four right. hour window, they all begin to tweet out the same, kind of almost the same generic message right. about just how good of a teammate he is. And I can't wait till he lands somewhere else. I just I don't find I find it hard to believe that, and for me it's it's not the skill set, it's everything else. And I know people are saying they don't care about that, they don't care about this and that. Your but boy Freaky me, Mike was saying that last night. Your boy Freaky Mike was saying you don't care. But to me, you have to be a fit because if you're not a fit, and you're not what this locker room needs, then your skill set won't help. Because everything will be discombobulated, discombobulated. You won't have the right synergy. Everything will be off. So if you're not a fit for the guys here, and that is important, Nate, you know that's important. Yes, it, I, I'm every, with you, Jess. And, I'm with and everybody, you. And everybody always goes back to, well, back in 1990 or whatever, we brought in <laughs> Charles Haley. And I'm saying that locker room was different. You had a different breed of men in that locker room. There was a strong set of leaders in that locker room. There was a strong sense of self in that locker room that one guy couldn't come in there and destroy that chemistry. I don't think this locker room has that. And we've seen in the past other guys come in here and be here for a sip of tea, and all of a sudden they're the leaders in the locker room. That wasn't that way back in the 90s when Charles Haley came over. Yes, he may have came over with his his set of issues, but in that locker room, that culture, from the head coach down to the stars on that team, it was a locker room of culture that one guy could not come in and break that up because y'all wasn't having that. Y'all would have been like, hold on, brother. You know, we know who you, we know who you are and everything, but you ain't going to come in here interrupting what we got going on. You, gonna, you know, you might have, we all got our own little outside stuff happening, but once we get into this locker room, you're going to show up, you're going to be in the meetings, you're going to participate, you're going to practice your tail off, and then you go home. Now, what you do outside of that or what you do to the media in the locker room, we don't care about none of that. But when it comes to what we're doing on the practice field and what we're doing in the meetings, y'all wouldn't let Jokers get out of hand with that. So that's the difference between that team and that player and this team and that player. Okay, I had to pry it out of you, but thank you, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, Kurt, would you have thought we had to pry that out of Jesse? I'm giving you a moment to shine today. That's right. No, no, no. He's giving you a chance to speak there. See, Jesse, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I love all You was on guys. TV yesterday. You had your good polo on. You were looking fit. You oh, man, they gave me out. that free. Now, you know, you when were... I get something free, I'm like, you know, I've learned from you. It was free. <laughs> and I took that shirt home. Uh, Scott was talking about, hey, you going to give us a shirt back? No, nah, bro. I'm taking this home. <laughs> nah, you don't get the shirt back. But, brother, I, I'm with you. You know, and I, I, and I told that to, to Michael yesterday. Irvin, I'm like, man, it, man, but I'm telling you. See, Mike. It's kind of like that old mindset. You know, we can make adjustments, but Coach McCarthy is new. He want to get his own culture, his own uh, way of doing things. I, I agree 100%. Uh, but if a guy is uh, – if, if we don't know how Coach McCarthy is going to play injuries. Is it truly something not to worry about? Is he going to be that coach? Oh, it's not nothing to worry about. Then we see this guy in practice in a couple of days. Oh, Man, it's not nothing to worry about. Well, a month later, what happened to Woods? Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. So I, we, we just got to see the, how it's being played. They said he was on the sideline, kind of joking around afterwards. So hopefully, it's not too bad. But I mean, how big of a piece is Woods to this defense? If he is out for any period of time, he, he that- but during practice, he was the mainstay safety. The other guys were kind of rotating. He was the guy that was okay. When they call the first team, or when they call part of the first with the set with a lot of the second team, because they they rotating players in because everybody needs reps in this limited situation. He still would be that one safety. That was the constant. The other guys were the ones that were rotating in. Hmm. So I mean, and and maybe that doesn't mean anything. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't think I, he's a guy they can lose. I don't think he's a guy they can lose. I mean, what, what are already, your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Jess? I mean, just from what you saw at the end of last year, going in the woods, and what you've been feeling coming into this year, do you think this is a big year for him, make it or break it like type year for him? Oh yeah, I think this is his year. Like this is the year that he has to take that proverbial step. Um, you know, you you've been in the system long enough. You've been a pro long enough. It's now time to really start turning that, turning that corner. Because if not, then as a as an organization, we have to start looking at other ways to get things done. Like when you start going into year three and four and stuff like that, and if mm. you're not a surefire guy, and we still have question marks about you, then that tells me that you haven't done enough in your time here to to exponentially show your growth to us as an organization. And we're going to start looking. And again. When Mike McCarthy comes in, when Mike Nolan comes in, none of these guys have any, any, any ownership to you. They didn't draft you. They didn't sign you. They didn't bring you in. So they're always looking at, you know, Mike, Mike Nolan is saying, you know, what do I look for in a safety? He has a particular guy that he looks for, whether that's height or size or attitude or intelligence or ball skills, whatever that is. And if you're not showing this new coach that you're that guy to to can fit into that box where he looks in that you know either either you fit into that or you change the way he's thinking about that position, then he always in the back of his mind he's going to go and look for something that he's comfortable with. That's how this league works. Coaches are always going to try to find players that they're familiar with and that fit their particular skill set. And if you aren't that or you aren't showing them enough to what they begin to change the way they look at that position, you're going to be replaced. And so this is that one year, and because they didn't have the offseason to evaluate, they didn't have OTAs and mini camps and all that kind of stuff to really evaluate said player, they kind of almost have to go with some of the starters that were there and try to fit, you know, try to fit these pieces together to make their you know, proper adjustments. Um, going forward, but once this season gets, once we get into the season, if Woods or Ha Ha or whoever else is playing those positions aren't panning out, then I Gary see Thompson. they're going, they're going to move, they're going to make moves. I, they just, they're going to have to do that because they're saying, you know what, what we thought in practice isn't what we're seeing in the game, and vice versa. If 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 you're showing improve in the game, then we'll keep you. But if you're if what we saw in practice is not trailing into the game, they're going to get guys in there that can do it. I just think for me personally, I, I just want to be able to see this coaching staff with our veteran players. Give them a shot. Give them a shot and see if it can work. And then if it doesn't work, you'll have an opportunity to go out there and, and, and make moves. And see, that's that that was my thing going into last year as the season went in. And I was like, before I judge these players, I would like to see what the new coaching staff is going to do with them. And because when you have two sets of eyes, I mean, old coaching staff and new coaching staff with these players, and then you get the same players, then, you know, you're like, wow, man, these guys wasn't good for the old coaching staff or the new coaching staff. But if some of these guys, like Anthony Brown and Shannon, you can attest to this, looks like the guy we saw four years ago. I'm like, He's making plays, and I'm like, hold on, is this guy just got a good memory for going for remembering the plays that they run against him in practice, or is this the guy that we saw on the field as a rookie? So he's been playing nice. Uh, uh, Wouzier didn't see much of him because he went down, and the digs has been going a lot. But our secondary has been a big question mark, but it's not so much now. But we'll see when the season starts. I tell you what, if Anthony Brown keeps – if he plays like he's been practicing, the guy that, that we, you know, we scream for more time for him, what was that, three, four years ago? Yes. If he, keep, if he plays like he's been practicing and if Diggs, like a couple of practices that I've been to, he's shown flashes of an elite cornerback. Like he's made some plays that you're just like, wow, this is, this is a rookie? If he can step on our up. Good be, on our top three receivers too. It ain't big yeah, as garbage. On, on dogs, yes, and yeah. And so I know it's a different level, that, but this this secondary is going to look different, man. This secondary is going to be, you know, something different. So it, it's got potential to be something special, which in turn helps out you guys up front. You guys up front, 
help out you guys out up on the backside, and we know what this offense is going to be capable of or what they should do. They should be putting yep. up 30, 40 points a game. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying it. I'm not going to say You're it. Not? You, I'm not but saying you it. But you know what, though, what, what, what's, what's, what I would, would have liked to gotten a little bit more of is our first two team, our first team tackles. I would like for them to get a little more work, not not so much for them to be ready for the game, which that is part of it. But for so so Everson Griffin and Alden Smith and all these other guys when they look, look like superstars against our backup tackles. I mean, yeah. if they, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if Alden is there, but you have no other choice when the left tackle is a young Terrence Steele. Uh, uh, you know, it, it just ain't no competition there so these guys have been good and good work uh they they individual everything has been hyped up an extra half step you know uh they don't have a bunch of one-on-one situation a lot of team stuff they've been doing situational stuff and uh but it's it's, it's at a higher pace and I, and I guess you have to have that during this period because you have no installation period otas mini camps so these guys you know, I don't like I said, people. I don't mention Alden a lot, but he's been punishing people in practice, and he's been those backup guys. You know, the young guys been punishing guys, but it's been young. It's been inexperienced guards and tackles. Let's talk about Alden Smith when we come back from break. Let's also talk about. I know Nate, you can't wait to talk about this because you keep bringing it up. Ball distribution. <laughs> and many more things. Balls. Come back. I hope you'll stand up and tell us all about it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? An Otterbox elevation tumbler come in three sizes, a 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field. And we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to hanging with the boys. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United and get an exclusive DCU fan pack and member benefits. Membership start at only 20 bucks. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to join today. And this has got to be the easiest hosting job of any podcast in the world because <laughs> I got disconnected from the call last segment and probably took me several minutes to, to get connected back and I didn't no one even knew and then I sat there for probably another eight minutes without saying anything because y'all kept going about Earl Thomas and the safeties so like all I have to do is just well, we really were supposed to mention his name man wow. he's a free agent isn't he yeah. No, no. 
No, we're just joking, Shannon. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, oh no, that's yeah. going to be. The, remember that ender that we were talking about that we it's weren't going to see coming. That could have been it. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get into Alden Smith. Tyron Smith said he looks like he hasn't lost a step. Nate, when you were at practice the other day, you mentioned he was just killing people. What did you see? Yeah. Was it because of the lack of competition on the other side, or does he look like he could be a you know? be out in Smith of old. He's gained at least 15 to 20 pounds. Because when we first last saw him, he was like a guy that's 250, 255 at the most. Now he's probably about 270, 275. He's a bigger, he's more mature at, at the age of 30, or 31. And Kurt, you probably know his age. Uh, he's bigger, he's stronger. Uh, but we, you won't know who he is until these games start, until they either knock some of the edges, some of the rough edges off of him, you know, and let it and let him uh, get into some game-type shape because he may lose a few pounds when he saw – he said, okay, I may need to lose something so I can be – get back close to some of that speed and quickness that I had. Right now, he's playing a power game because he's not asked to uh, do anything else. And he looks nice. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he looks nice. He's thirty, just so you know. But uh, yeah, thank what's you. gonna what's gonna be his biggest issue now coming back? Is it the speed of the game? Is it his stamina, or is it you know the mental side of it? He's been through some struggles. What what's gonna be what's gonna make the difference for him being successful or not? I, I think it just getting back to the speed of the game because I know he's gonna be relying a lot on his power and his strength. I mean, he's gonna have the knowledge of watching the tapes, but once he Get a little bit of his speed and quickness back, and then his, you know, he say he has his instincts, but I, I, it's hard for me to believe that. You have to play to keep them. You have to play to to know them. You know, you can read formations, all of that, but that natural thing that he had before, but I mean, even before he left the game the first time, you, that that's something you have to work on. Yeah, that's something you have to be in, involved in to get into some type of rhythm. But I think the speed of the game and him getting some of his quickness back. That's going to allow him to give us some type of help. I don't know what he would give us, but uh, he got the body part. Well, not the body part, but the body. It looks that way that he can help us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've been talking crazy. Here we go. Speaking of body parts, let's just get right into it. Ball distribution. C.D. Lamb on this team with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, now you got Blake Jarwin, which is a, a pass-catching tight end. You got Zeke out of the backfield. You got Tony Pollard out of the backfield. Wide receivers, and we'll start with the right wide receiver on this show, are known for being confident, and they're known for wanting the ball. Like if, if a receiver is a dominant receiver, he wants the ball in his hands. So with all these guys, CD's having a, a, a great camp. You know they've mentioned they've mentioned you know three one thousand yard receivers and then and then throw in Blake Jarwin he could have a thousand yard year. It's 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 nice in theory and it looks it looks good to the media when everybody's on the same page and yeah we can we can have three one thousand yard receivers. Jesse is how does that play out? I know when you're winning it's okay everything's good. But if it gets a little rough and ball distribution kind of goes one way or the other, how is that going to work on this team and what's that going to look like during the season? Is it possible to, to live in peace and harmony all year with three number ones on a team? Yes. Yes, it is. But it's going to take tremendous leadership from guys like Mike McCarthy, from guys like Dak Prescott. When, you, when, you, when you're playing that quarterback position, it is imperative that you understand and you know the temperament and the, 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 the attitude of your playmakers. I go back to when Tony Romo was playing with Des Bryant. Like, Tony would know, you know, every now and again, he'd be like, you know what, now's the time, and even though we don't call a play for Des, now's the time that I have to get Des the ball. Because if I don't, then I lose him. I, I lose him in the complexity of the game of you know the guy wanting to be nothing but a but a help and a playmaker but maybe calls aren't going his way or there's some double teams or things are happening so there will be time where Tony would just whatever the play was he would just change it call a smoke route and just throw it out the desk not because you know 
it was going to gain a lot of yards, but it was because that Dez just needed to touch the ball. He needed to have the ball in his hands ever so often just to keep him engaged into the game. I think for Dak, you know, now that he's coming into coming into this fifth year, he has to understand the the temperament and the guys around. Saying, you know what, we've been it's been two series, and I haven't got my, uh, Michael Gallup the ball. It's been it's been a series and a half. You know, we we've had two three and outs, and I haven't gotten Amari the ball, or certain things like that. The quarterback has to just have that feeling and leadership to know how to dictate. You know where the ball going to go, but also help guys understand. Saying, "Listen, I, you know, listen, the ball is not coming to you right now because they're they're playing cloud coverage over there on you. You know, they, they got a guy, they got a guy who's playing underneath, so they're really trying to take you away and help him understand that." Now, I think with Amari, you have you have a guy who's been around long enough and knows the game and knows like you know what that, that ain't gonna come to me because they doubling me. You know, I think with 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 Michael uh, Gallup and. C.D. Lamb, you're going to still kind of have to coach them through that to help them understand. Um, but this team has more than enough firepower on offense. When you look at what they did a year ago when they were this close from having 3,000-yard receivers, um, Randall Cobb had 800 and something yards last year. So Dak threw for 4,900 yards. It, it's Everything is here. Everything that you need is here for this to be a three, you know, three 1,000-yard receiving team without without having to do extra like you don't have to do something you know far beyond what you're normally going to do you don't have to go out there and all of a sudden now throw the ball 50 times a game to get three without no just stay the course you stay the course and you'll i, I believe and I, he hasn't played one nfl game yet i believe that cd lamb will drop the ball less than what randall cobb did last year if he does that, if he has half the drops that Randall Cobb had last year, you have your 3,000-yard receivers, and you don't have to do anything outside of your normal order of operation to get that. The, the game speaking is... Of, uh, speaking ahead, of Lamb's, Lamb's talent, you know, Michael said last night on the broadcast that he's the most uh, physically gifted 88 the Cowboys have ever had. You th- you buy into that? You think that's true, or is, is Michael just kind of showboating a little there? Kurt, you were around. Nate, you were around. Shannon, you were around. I was there. Des Bryant in his prime. When you talk about just physical gifts, I'm not talking about route running and all that. I'm talking about and that's what Michael's talking about. Physical gifts. Mm-hmm. It ain't even close. Des Bryant was one of those dudes that just was a physical specimen. And can do, and he could just do things that most guys couldn't do. I mean, I, 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 I told a story before. I've seen Des Bryant get up in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, no breakfast, don't brush his teeth, grab a handful of gummy worms, pop them in, and we walk to the practice field. And he go out there and just dominate practice on a stomach filled with gummy worms. It, it just, no, 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 no. CD is a great kid, and he's, you know out of this world talented but we're talking about physical gifts the 88 that the 88 with the last name Bryant and that, that joker was a little bit different what's in it what's a fair expectation of him the game's obviously changing and used to you know five ten years ago if you were a receiver it took you two years to get up to speed you know running back you could come in this league and you could have a, a you could you could being a good to an elite running back your first year, but wide receiver, it took you a couple of years to get up to speed. Has that changed now to where a receiver can come in and be a dominant receiver his rookie year? And if so, does CeeDee Lamb have that potential? And what's fair? What's a fair, I guess, yardage production for him, for us to expect for him on this team this year? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it's gotten easier. Um, specifically because where he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing a lot in the slot. And with that is, you're going to get number three. You're probably going to get the number three corner on him. So you're talking about a first-round talent who most of us thought would not be there at 17 for us, but would have went much higher. And at other teams, he would be he would be WR1. Uh, for us, he just so happened will be WR3. And with that type of talent playing against a lesser than corner in a bunch of space, I think now you'll see him be able to do and work in ways uh, that will allow him to be successful early on. 
and the pressure isn't on him. There's zero pressure on C.D. Lamb to come in here and be the savior. He just has to come in here and be a part of something. It's a lot different when you have to come in and be that guy, when you have to come in and be the, 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 you know, the, the star of, of everything that's going on. He doesn't have to be that. There's so many, there's Amari, there's Dak, there's Zeke. There's so many other things that are happening around him. He just has to come in and fit in and play a part of the bigger role, not be the biggest role. Yeah, I agree 100%. Cobb had 55 catches and 800 yards last year, and I think that's very realistic for Lamb. I mean, that's the floor, I think, for Lamb this year. So, I, I just I just think a, a lot would be, you know, dictated by how people want to play these guys, you know. And so, you know, and one thing I agree with Jesse, just do your thing. You know, you don't have to force nothing. I mean – if you got to start forcing something, that means we ain't we 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 underestimated a whole we overestimated a whole lot of these guys. If we uh, think that these guys are elite at every position for us the wide receivers, you will never have to force nothing. You just that just walk up to the line, read the coverage, and everybody knows where the ball is going. You know, unless they like you said, unless they do a great job of disguising, and then you have to pull it down and go somewhere else. This is going to be an easy read, especially if they come with uh, four receivers set and one back. It's going to be hard to cover all of that. Kurt, before we get out of here, tell us a little bit about this top 60-player countdown that we're going to see this week. How are you involved and what exactly is it? Yeah, well, we put and together we'll a book. you be friends after this fact, over with. I have an advanced, <laughs> advanced copy of the book here. So, um, yeah, it's – we. As part of the Cowboys celebration of the 60th anniversary, we did a 60th book. And uh, as part of that, we did a, had a panel of 14 people that voted on the top 60 players in Cowboys history. And of course, Nate Newton was on there. Um, but we've got... Uh, I was like uh, number 63-ish. So exactly. I make, yeah. I Actually, tell you what, we, man, we I, want, I want $11 now since I'm in the top. See, I want $11 for doing this show. Uh, you need a raise, exactly. <laughs> I need my dollar Jesse, raise, man. Jesse, you might have been on the top 63 all-time practice squad list, but I don't think you made this list. Whoa. whoa. We, do have, we do have a little feature on Jesse in the book, so hey. What? Hey. hey. You remember? Come on, oh, Kurt. Yeah. That's what I'm talking that, about, baby. Yeah. Hold, hold that book up, Kurt. Let, let, let Chris yeah. zoom in on you. Get that isolation well, on we've you. Got a, that cover. We've got a lot of uh, lot of things planned this year for it. We've got this 60th countdown on uh, social media coming up. And then Sunday, like uh, Shannon said, the NFL is doing the top 10 Cowboys in, uh, in the team history. And so there's some other – got a 60th anniversary uh, documentary coming out next week and um, several other things planned. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening around the, around awesome. the uh, anniversary now, celebration. Now, Nate, do you know where you land? Do you know yet where you're at yeah, on that I know list? I land, told man, you? and I'm not happy about that, but I'll accept <laughs> Yeah, I know where I land. I should have been in the top five, man. They literally built this 90s team around me, man. You got that? Oh, there man. There he is, Nate Newton. Yeah, they literally should have built this team around me, man. <laughs> I had to, I had to take the punishment of a failure of load left. Yeah, yeah, well, I, used to, I, used to, I used to punish folks, though. I, I, well, I would tell you so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like a Hang on, Kurt. Is that? Yeah. The, the numbers that are on that is that where is that where he lands on the list? That is, yep. Yeah. Hold that back up. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hold that back. Did I see who I think I saw on the left side? I, oh, okay, okay. I thought that I thought that said another name. I was going to get upset if he was only one one spot above that person. So, okay. If you're not if you're not watching the show, we're not going to give it away. You have to go back and look. You know what? I'm going to yeah. protest. I'm going to send an email right now to to Kurt Daniels because he put uh, Nate Newton way too low on this list. I am going to put uh, Sidebar Jesse? Jesse there. Hang on. There okay. We go. Look at that. Yeah. I'm yeah. okay. okay. yeah, it. Michael Irvin told me to twist their arm and say, hey, you got to put my uh, my guy whatever in there, Listen, whatever it takes, I don't care about <laughs> Listen, I, uh, favor ain't fair. I don't care about no arms being twisted. You ain't going to take that. Thank you. Thank you for twisting arms. Appreciate you. <laughs> Hey Kurt, do, 
Yeah. True. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, do we since we've got you put the book together, Nate's yep. in the book, Jesse's in the book. Do we have a book that if when we all eventually get back together that we can get autographed and give away to some one of our listeners? For yeah, real, man. We can probably do that. Yeah, we can probably that, do that. To the highest really cool. bidder, so we can send it to some charity. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, to the highest bidder, no, mainly to probably be one of Jesse's charities. You know what? Thank you. We, I appreciate that we, too. <laughs> with those with those three signatures on it, we probably wouldn't even get enough to cover the postage. So, <laughs> <laughs> if we put Chris Beam's future uh, son on that uh, pro all pro son on that. Hey, he I is think six he could, foot five at three years old. He could play left tackle right now. So, yeah, fellas, better than, better than the Hyatt kid. Good show, fellas. Thanks for covering for me whenever I got knocked off the call. Y'all didn't even know I wasn't there. So just keep doing what y'all do. Y'all are great. Y'all are awesome. Chris, thanks for keeping us on the air. Thank Kurt, you. good luck with the list. I hope you don't get any hate mail uh, when the boy, list is going down social today. distance is saving lives, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. Thanks for showing up, man. Nate, thanks Jesse, for bringing it. Jesse, I, Jesse, Jesse. I believe we go to daily next week. Is that right, Chris? Kurt? Is that next week? Yeah. Ten, uh, yeah. ten times Once five seven. is 50, baby. I need my extra dollar. So, so I should we have $55. We, I don't think we'll be here on Monday because of Labor Day, Jesse? right? But we'll, we'll, we'll no. start on Monday Tuesday. Time. Is that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't know the don't know the time yet, but we will let y'all know. Check out the earlier check, the better. The earlier the out, better, uh, boss man. All right, check out the uh, social medias next week and find out what time we will be on. We start weekly. We're gonna get these boys paid, and we're gonna talk about some Cowboys football because the season is starting soon. Let's, let's go next week grace, and hang out with grace, the boys. Grace. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!